the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Want a simple way to earn more money and increase engagement? Theorem Reach makes it easy for you to add fun, rewarded surveys to your app. Learn more at theoremreach.com. Want to scale your ASO and Apple search ads? Well, check out appradar.com. Their clients include Tinder, Microsoft, iTranslate, and many more. Learn more at appradar.com. What is up, App Nation? Welcome to another Friday live stream where we look at your apps, answer your questions, and really talk about what's working in the app space today. And today, I've got a very special guest. She taught, she knows all about influencer marketing, and we're going to really dive deep into that, answer all your questions. We've got a podcast interview that's going to be recorded pretty soon as well. So we'll do a deeper dive into some of the questions that I might be having, how she started the company as well. But without further ado, here from LA, she is an actress. She's an entrepreneur and co-founder of First Influence, a performance-based influencer marketing agency. You can learn more at firstinfluence.co. So without further ado, Christy, welcome to the live stream. Where did my mouse go? <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much for that super energetic introduction. I'm so happy to be here. Christy, what does here, I'm going to pull up your website as well. What does performance base, like when you first started the agency, like what, what does performance base really mean? Um, performance based means our influencer marketing campaigns often don't just rely on sort of the um, impression metrics, like brand awareness metrics. It's more about how many installs do we drive? How many subscription signups do we drive? And also looking at some of the down funnel metrics, like ROAS metrics and stuff like that. So that's what a lot of our influencer marketing is focused on. Um, it's a very measured approach as opposed to general brand awareness approach. And before an app developer or founder even thinks about going into influencer marketing, what are some things that you're like, hey, we better have these things set in place before we even think mm -hmm. about running influencer marketing? Um, I think it, it's always super helpful to work with a client that's already done a lot of testing on the paid ad front, um, uh, obviously optimized their in-app user flow so that they know exactly the type of users that they're going after and what tends to work, the verticals that tend to work, those are all super helpful. Um, but it's not something that's impossible to figure out by testing influencer marketing as well. Okay. And then whoops. All right. And then from the like attribution side, are there some recommendations that you have for them? Um, I'm not too familiar, but I know AppSlyer is a really popular choice for a lot of our clients. And that tends to work really well in terms of tracking top funnel, down funnel. Um, that's pretty much the only one that comes to the top of my mind. But I th I know it's like a major player in the mobile app. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like adjust or apps flyer will do as well. Yeah. You can actually create links within Google and Apple. And so if you had to go that route, if you're trying to be affordable because those platforms are pretty expensive, you can mm -hmm. always try to create a, a campaign link. I haven't figured out exactly how to work it perfectly, but yeah. you can make that work too. 
Yeah, yeah. And I think it is really important to make sure that it's tracking correctly, though, because I know it's quite common if it's not set up correctly, that those links will still not track all of the, the conversion metrics. And that's always not helpful when you're trying to really optimize and nail down what's working and what's not. Awesome. Well, I do want to say hi to a few people. And Leandro's here. What's up, Leandro? Always good to see you every week. And then Jane. Hi, Jane. She's a psychic. Christine. Oh, <laughs> remains here. And then we've got Tiger Moth. Don't know what that is. So if you guys got any questions, please feel free to leave it in the comments. I've got my son with me. He's getting too shy. I've been texting him to get on camera. So, but he's going to be here kind of moderating the chat below. And then the things that we've got lined up as well. Whoops, wrong link. Let me add this to the stream. Are these apps? So a lot of ASO questions. I'm going to try to get to some of these because they're ASO questions. You know, Christy and I are going to just kind of look at the, the screenshots, the icon, the keywords and things like that. And I'll go into some of the things that we might be able to do, but these are the apps that are on the lineup. So we've got mint studio, we've got eight ball pool and we've got digital photo frame. All right. And I did get some questions, Christy, before we went live just from my audience. The yeah. first question is, you know, this is really for the indie. I mean, let's talk about this before we get into some of the questions. What are some of the brands that you work with? Do you require a pretty decent budget? Or is this more for an indie app developer who's sort of bootstrapping their app creation? Yeah. Um, so right now our agency, the average budget size is around 50K a month, which is definitely not, I guess, bootstrap affordable. Um, but we've done campaigns just as a test with clients as small as 5K, 10K. And so what we've done with that budget is working with a lot of micro influencers, um, even influencers that are willing to work with a brand on an affiliate payout basis. And so um, those are all possible with a smaller budget. But just to give you guys some information, that's that's kind of um, where the budget range is sitting at for our agency. All right. So here's the question from one of my friends as well. He says, do you have any recommendations for outsourcing influencer marketing, social media management? Now he is an indie app developer who's bootstrapping his app company. Any recommendations there? Yeah. Um, obviously agencies, um, influencer marketing agencies are definitely an option, but if we're looking at a much more affordable budget, there's ways to definitely still test and tinker with influencer marketing. Cause my thing is if you do a small test and it's showing really strong ROAS metrics, or you're at least getting your money back, or it's generated a ton of brand awareness for you, then you can make the case to then scale that up and outsource that work, the additional work to an agency or a social full-time social media manager. And so for there are plenty of ways that you can yourself um, as a founder, test influencer marketing. And I think a good way to go about that would be checking out some affiliate partnership platforms. Impact Radius is a really good one. Um, they partner with a bunch of agencies that take on anywhere from really small budgets to large budgets. There's a wide range of agencies that can handle those tasks for you. And the platform itself, it's called Impact Radius. It, um, it makes it really easy for a brand to manage all of these small affiliate partnerships. So as opposed to you having to go and search, yeah, there it is. As opposed to you having to go out and find all the influencers, find their email and then email them, negotiate all of that. All of that is done through this platform. They even bring you um, influencer suggestions for you, depending on the vertical that you're going after or um, 
uh, whichever industry that you're in. And so it's a super user-friendly um, solution. There's a couple others like this, like Grapevine is another one that deals with, um, that works with a lot of smaller creators. Um, it's another the platform. Grapevine? Like G-R-A-P-E? Yeah, Grapevine. Um, let's see. Oh, they're just they're not really optimized with their... <laughs> <laughs> Is it great by marketing? Oh, here you go. I got, I got this. Uh, yeah. Is that the one? I don't. Grapevine Logic. Influencer marketing from Grapevine. That's the one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, Heartbeat is another one that goes even smaller. So Heartbeat works with a lot of like nano influencers, which would be people that have maybe a thousand followers to like five thousand. So it's really just like that's more word of mouth marketing is what they do. And so you can invest a really small amount of money and get a bunch of just regular regular people to talk about your product or your app. Um, yeah, Heartbeat, that's another one. That's cool. Um, what's, what, there's tons. Dovetail is another platform. I think Dovetail is a little bit more. Um, right. Chrissy, so I guess the difference between you know, first influence your company versus yeah. these, this is sort of self-management. These ones that we're kind of showing highlighting here, but as first influence, you guys sort of manage it all. Like, Hey, give us the budget. We're going to work with all the, the right influencers, create the content yeah. and then manage the entire process. Exactly. So uh, a lot of times we do actually end up working with a platform like impact radius. If we are trying to do a ton of product seeding or just uh, more influence or affiliate partnerships, establishing mm -hmm. affiliate partnerships for a brand. But then part of that budget also goes to directly uh, negotiating deals with mid to large tier influencers to get a YouTube mention going or a fully dedicated video going. Um, we also work with tons of TikTok creators. So yeah, our agency is in charge of everything from beginning to end, coming up with content strategy, campaign, to then going out negotiating, booking them, sending out contracts, payment, everything is handled through our agency. Have you done a little bit of this? Oh my God, it's so much work. So that's why there's value in working with someone like with Christy and their team, because it is a lot of work, just the payment alone, like scheduling so much, especially we're working with multiple influencers. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a lot of work. And more importantly, if there's um, budget to spend working with an agency that's already done a ton of campaigns, and they've actually tracked the results of those campaigns, they're getting a lot of data on which influencers are working right now, which influencers actually deliver on the conversion side, which influencers actually have real, real engagement, you know, um, mm -hmm. the ones that can sway an audience to go follow through on a call to action. So I think those are all definitely um, additional value added. Now, do yeah. you suggest going after nano influencers in the very beginning? Because they have to have super high engagement. But like, what do you think to to this question about, you know, like bootstrap? I'm, I've got a pretty small budget here. Yeah. Is nano influencers the best route? Honestly, nano influencers, I really think if your goal is to drive installs or sales, probably not the way to go. Um, it's really, really, really hard to scale and very far and few in between or whatever the, the phrase is, it's, it's hard to find a nano influencer that can deliver sales for you. They're really good. If you like their content, they're, they're great at creating content and maybe they're a creator that's just starting out, just starting to catch steam. You can then definitely work with them to get some of those creative assets and pay for us, pay a small amount of fee, maybe a hundred dollars. Usually like they'll honestly give you usage rights for a hundred dollars or maybe even 50 bucks I've seen um, so that you can use their creative assets that they've created just for your 
app and your brand and repurpose that in a paid ad. And those paid ads tend to perform a lot better for one of our clients. That's like their entire strategy. Um, it's a really big social app and their entire strategy is leveraging a lot of these small time TikTok creators to, to using their paid ad efforts. Yeah. I love that strategy too. I was just going to say that because one of our past guests who the CMO of Reflectly, he said exactly what you said. He uses mm -hmm. micro influencers and he did, did go down as like five to 10,000, yeah. get them to create the content, pay for that. They'll maybe do some promotion, but yeah. then they'll use that as their paid ads too. Uh -huh. It's such a good strategy. It's, I love it. it's Yeah. It's so cost effective too. Okay. So we got some other questions too. Mm -hmm. What is the most efficient? And they're like, Christy, they want like step-by-step -step okay. <laughs> recipe to do yeah. app marketing with TikTok. And my son, who's also on this call, but he loves TikTok. So what, what, what's the best way of utilizing TikTok influencers? Yeah. So I have a couple clients that are actively, um, I guess, airing ads on TikTok. So that's definitely TikTok. They're using TikTok as one of their paid ad channels. Compared to YouTube and Instagram, I think TikTok is still lagging behind as far as driving really efficient CPIs. And so that's something to keep in mind for you guys if you guys are looking to use TikTok's ad platform. Now, working with TikTok creators, here's the step-by-step. -step. Um, I'll just use an example. Let's say your... Um, would be a good example. Let's say you have a cookware company. Um, you're going to look up a bunch of cooking related TikTok videos and um, TikTok naturally, if you find something that you like, a video that you like, it's just going to show you more of those kinds of videos. Go scroll through, just do a lot of exploring, watch a bunch of content, um, come across an influencer that maybe has 50K to 100K followers on TikTok, which is still considered relatively small. Um, you like their content, they, you can tell that they make really great engaging content. Um, usually they'll have a DM, uh, their Instagram list is you would DM them there or their email list is so you would email them there. And then you would just tell them a little bit about your brand. Hey, I have this like awesome cookware company, would love to send you some free products in exchange. Would you be willing to create like a fun video like this? It's a bonus if you can find something that that creator already made on their channel and that you really like their concept and you can see kind of like how your brand would integrate with that specific video, that type of video. You could even throw that in there like, I really love this this uh, video that you made. I think it's so funny. I think our cookware company could be showcased in that way. Um, just some ideas, but would love to chat. Most of the time, I mean, these creators are so like flattered and eager and excited to be working with a brand. Um, that that sought them out and thinks that they're cool and so they're they'll be very receptive and so you kind of take that conversation from there see if you can get them to do it for free or in exchange for a free product or something like that or a very minimal fee and then um you kind of go through like the usual process of receiving the draft review give them notes um one thing i do want to remind any brands dealing with influencers i think um like influencers are not actors. So if you want them to get everything word perfect, the delivery to be so, you get so micromanagey with the delivery and the eye line and lighting, it's just not gonna work. And you really have to give creators the, the opportunity for them to be a brand advocate in their own voice as opposed to an actor. And so I would just keep that in mind when, you're, when you are reviewing these drafts from creators. Um, and that also makes you just so much more of a pleasant brand partner to work with. And they're going to want to recommend their friends to you and work with you again um, and just kind of establish that longer term partnership. So um, that's just generally pretty much what it is. And then you would obtain those rights tested on YouTube, Facebook, 
you know, Instagram, TikTok, see if it performs. That's what I've heard too, Christy. Like it's that don't try to be so controlling with them. Like usually they'll come up with some really creative angles and creative type of like, I don't know, videos and then just let them go. Like this is, they grew a following like you did. They grew a following for a reason. Yeah. Like don't ask them to refilm a whole thing because you want them to use this phrasing as opposed to this or like, Oh, the eye line. Could you make it a little bit higher than what we were doing? You know, like that's just, and honestly, even if they agree to refilm, it's just going to come off less authentic because chances are they're less excited that you've just made them redo the whole thing over like something really small. So (laughs) those are things to definitely keep in mind. What if, you know, you've worked with some major big brands too, mm-hmm. you know, what is the success that you've seen mm-hmm. with performance running through first influence compared to pay channels like Facebook, Google, Apple search ads and so forth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the, the uh, one client that we've worked with for a very long time is drop. And we've literally, we worked with them while they were a seven member team. And now I think there's close to a hundred team members at that company. They've just exploded in the past three years. And um, since consistently influencer marketing um, continues to be their, the biggest part of their acquisition channel. And it's not just their, um, it's the channel for acquisition, but it's also the channel that shows some of the strongest retention metrics um, and ROAS metrics. And so that just goes to show if, if you can really find a way to partner with influencers and identify the influencers that can really strongly advocate for your brand in a really organic, natural way. Um, it's it, there's nothing there's nothing quite like it. Like there's nothing quite like it that can scale fast and deliver consistent results like influencer marketing. Um, and I also know that on the downside, it, it can be risky. Like if it's a big if it's a big miss, some of these influencers are very expensive. So um, there is that risk, but. That's why we take a careful, careful, measured approach. We start small and then we grow. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So I've been texting Noah. Hopefully he'll come on camera. Hopefully leave in the comments Hello. below if you guys want Noah to come on camera. He's being a little camera shy, but we'll try to get him on. But he's doing great work on the back end, giving me all the comments. So I want to also say hi to a few more people. Anthony, mm-hmm. hi, Steve. Thanks for doing these. You're welcome. Thanks, Christy, for coming on. This always helps. Yeah, I don't have to talk all the time, Christy. That's the whole reason. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, always good to see you. We can, we can. <laughs> Masood. Hi, nice talking to you on the call. Yeah, Masood. Same here. Roman, let's talk about how to how to niche when okay. Roman, let, let me kind of figure this out. Your question. Mm-hmm. How to niche down when it comes to influencers? Do you mm-hmm. have an answer to this, Christy? A good way to kind of figure out what your influencer niche is going to be, like let's take Drop for example, it's a shopping rewards app, right? Mm. So I I download the app, I go through the app, I look at some of the brands and what it offers. Like, okay, I see that there's like a deal for Amazon, I see there's like Walmart on here. Um, And then I start just searching on YouTube, like if I just type Walmart in, um, I'll see a bunch of videos that are like, you know, Walmart hauls, like Walmart finds. And um, I start watching those videos and I look through the comments and I quickly see which types of influencers tend to talk about these things and what their audience kind of looks like. The audience profile of of um, 
of these videos. And so once I locate that, I'm able to quickly find, okay, I know exactly which types of influencers to go after. I'm gonna search more of these haul type videos, these shopping related videos, and I'll look at which influencers are posting a lot of this type of content. Um, so I think that's a good way to go. Like I saw that um, on one of the apps that you sent, sent me yesterday, there was like a geometry uh, math solving app and yeah. Um, if you were to do that, for example, I would just look at um, just like geometry homework. Like I'm, it's it's super loose and broad, but I might just start there and then quickly just find some content pieces that are being made around like high school kids doing homework or prepping for finals. Um, this is actually something that I did come across on TikTok. Like there's a bunch of kids talking about finals week and how it's like just hell for them and um an app like this like having an influencer talk about an app like this i think there's a good chance that it would gain a lot of traction in terms of just getting a ton of impressions on tiktok so i would just kind of reverse engineer it that way i like it cool the and then hashtags i've heard that if you do certain hashtags as well. And then what I found, this was another tip from a podcast guest was on Instagram, just to give you a little bit, Kirsty, from all the talking <laughs> on Instagram, you can find locations. So let's say you're trying yeah. to target a college. And so you can find that college on Instagram. You see the top posts. I did a video on this as well, but that's how you sort of niche down a little bit more. Yeah. Find that colleges are a good spot too. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Those are totally practical tools. Location tags are huge. Hashtags are huge. Um, and then the other thing is once you find an influencer that's like totally, oh my God, this is exactly the type of creator that should be partnering with us, then it's really easy to use like the drop down tool on Instagram and TikTok to find similar creators that are like them. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? It's like the yeah. little, yeah. Yeah, because like it, it kind of just jumps down and then shows you like multiple pictures, just like yeah. that, is that what yeah. you mean? Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Or you just stalk the creator, like I mean stalk as in like look through their feed and see yeah which friends that they're hanging out with. They usually hang out with other creators. And so you can find them that way too. Yeah. I like it. All right. Mm -hmm. We got some questions coming in. All right. So Dimitrios, what's up? How's it going? Vin, Vignette, is Quora good for app marketing? I can lead this off and you can jump in. Christine. Yeah. I don't think so. I think if you're B2B, maybe it's a good platform because you probably will get those as customers, I've got a podcast interview that's coming up soon where the app developer, Chris, he used Reddit. So find the right communities, but Quora is more of a B2B platform. So I wouldn't think that it'd be so good unless your app is a B2B app. But then again, like I think, I think Reddit might be a better community rather than a Quora, but I haven't heard anybody do well in Quora. Any thoughts, Christy, you want to add? Everything you said sounds great. Okay. <laughs> I'm totally out of my wheelhouse. But, <laughs> but yeah. Here we go back to influencer marketing. What tools do you measure to to measure the ROI? Oh, um, uh, well, we usually rely on our clients' mobile attribution platforms, and they report back to us the metrics that they see. And so, um, a lot of our clients measure installs but installs rarely mean anything to a lot of our clients it's more about how like the meaningful users how many of those users that installed then go through by uh, with the com completing the registration process um linking their credit cards if that's necessary if there's a subscription component to it and then of course like the most important thing is if you are selling through your app um and you're charging subscription fees how many people actually signed up and completed 
the subscription signup process or the trial signup process. And so as far as tools go, we rely on whatever the brand is already using, which tends to be AppSlyer adjust. Um, yeah. yeah, totally. Platform. And then I think Kochava is another one. Yeah, Kochava. There's a lot of these app attribution. So just have that in place. And that's probably the best way of doing it. Again, mm -hmm. if you're going to be a little bit more indie, I think you might be able to get away with like Firebase. But mm -hmm. at the same time, these, if you got the money to spend, you probably want to invest in the more upscale mm -hmm. attribution tools like AppsFlyer and Adjust. Okay. And there's a lot of conversation about TikTok being banned in certain countries, which is crazy. <laughs> Demetrio says, Christy, I have the same bookshelf from Big Lots. What? <laughs> Is oh, it thing? Yeah, I think so. I think I got that from Amazon or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. Must be popular. Okay. All right. So we, I think we're good in terms of questions. Let's see what Noah is saying. Uh, 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 okay, cool. Let's get into some of these things from an ASO perspective. So feel free to jump in when you can. Christy, I know... I'm so excited to learn. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so this is an app from Michael and you know, a lot of ASO questions. So guys, like if you get more specific on the ASO questions, that would help me out a little bit more, but I'll get into it. And if you want your app audited, just go to this website below. It's just a Google form at masters.com slash audit, but mint studio. So it looks like Christy, it's a app where you can record your own music. And then their AI is going to make it cool like you did it in a studio. That's what I'm assuming based on the description that I've read down here. So here's what I'll tell you, Michael. Like you definitely want good keywords in your title. And whether that is music studio or sound effects, whatever that is, you want that. Because Mint Studio, great. It's your brand. But at the same time, like you don't have the keywords that you want in there. And then your own music studio. This is a mistake that I see many app creators make. You go for branding in the subtitle when you should have certain keywords in here. So mm -hmm. definitely have some good keywords, whether it's soundtracks or, you know, sound engineering, sound effects, acoustic. I'm kind of looking at your description and kind of coming up with different keywords, compression, pitch correction. These are probably keywords that you want to try to rank for. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the thing that I always like to do is I like to use this tool called app follow and I like to go into search ads recommendation. I've actually got my good computer in the studio now, so I can do all this stuff for you guys. But like Mint Studio, for example, I'll put that in. What I would probably do is put a big competitor in here because what AppFollow will do is give you keyword suggestions based off of search ads, which is Apple's. So Apple, you're getting it straight from the source. Apple will give you some recommendations on some keywords that you're able to particularly target. And this is taking longer than I want. So while that's happening, I'll go back to here. Your screenshots are pretty nasty, the, just, <laughs> <laughs> but you want to go to the benefit, like record soundtracks, upload soundtracks, AI driven. I find this a lot too, Christy, like it's your description that no one reads. I've got an interview coming up soon too about this, but no one reads this stuff. Mm -hmm. And so you want to talk about some of the things that you, and most people have really good descriptions. Mm -hmm. So it says AI powered, you know, studio yeah. sound to your music, right? Huh. That's what you want to add to your screenshots rather than record soundtracks. This just sounds like work. It doesn't show me the benefit. Like I got to do work. Okay. But like mm -hmm. AI powered studio sound to your music. That's cool. So what's the benefit? I'll shut up if you want to add anything here. 
But here are some good keywords like base booster, JBL connect. I, don't, I think that might be a brand, but volume booster, you know, these become all keywords. And the cool thing is you get to see the search popularity of these particular keywords. They don't, you know, you have to pay for to get the, the competition, which is something you want as well. But these are all particular. Michael Jackson has 36 volumes still, which is great. Music booster. Uh, Michael Jackson is probably like one of the first CDs I ever bought. My dad bought for me at Costco. Were CDs still around when you were, when you were young, Christy? Yeah, I okay. was totally the girl who was carrying around my player, <laughs> listening to music all the time. All right. Other than that, I think this is a decent app. Like it sounds really cool. I think what, yeah. those things, small adjustments there should help you out a lot. So check out app follow. One thing I heard Christy was that somebody I saw listening to another podcast and they're like, remember you wanted a CD player that had like the anti-skip. And I was like, that's so true. I still remember that. Like you plugged it in your car and you're like, don't want it to skip. And that anti-skip feature was one of the bigger things like, whoa, this is so cool. Why? I'm not wait, anti-skip as in like, it doesn't, because if it's scratched, it like skips. Yeah. Like, like if you hit a bump in the road or you're running with your oh, CD player, okay. it'll hit something and it'll just skip. See, you're too young for this stuff. Oh, I don't think I was driving yet. You're just on your bike or maybe your power wheel. <laughs> All right, cool. This is good stuff. I didn't know about the app follow. Cool. Alexander Gill. This is good stuff. I didn't know about the app follow. Yeah, app follow is a fantastic tool that I constantly use when I'm trying to do keyword research. Sorry, I'm trying to let me go through there. So really awesome. Like I want to try to make it as no brainer and as systemized as possible. And it's coming straight from Apple, man. So like that's the cool part. Like these are going to be good keywords that Apple is recommending because Apple wants you to run some search ads. So these are the keywords that Apple's going to be recommending as well. Joe says there's a big disconnect between the app icon and screenshots. Yeah, design. Joe, you're a good designer. You're right. Like the black, this stuff is cool. And then it goes totally blue. So there is a bit of disconnect. Screenshots are pretty important. So you kind of want some synergy with the designs there. Cool. And then D had to take time to come today and say hi. Cool. All right. Well, Chrissy, here's a question here from Masood. How long does a campaign run? Like an influencer marketing run, campaign run generally? Um, well, would you, well, it depends on, uh, what the question means by how long does it run? Like if we're talking about a whole campaign where we're activating multiple influencers, um, like let's say there's a 50 K budget, um, we'll generally activate that budget throughout a whole month. Um, but we could also spend the entirety of the budget for one week. If an app is launching like a huge event and we want to center it all around that, as far as like the the length of the content staying live, like on YouTube, we'll work it into the agreement where the influencer is not allowed to take down that video and it continues to garner views for a, a minimum amount of time. And generally we ask for at least one year. Sometimes we just say like, it's, they're just not allowed to take it down unless some type of, you know, uh, God, act happens where you know there's the influencer gets sued or the brand gets sued and you know then we're going into kind of like indemnity clauses and stuff like that but yeah most of the time we don't really put an expiry date on a youtube campaign for ig story obviously it lasts for the duration that it's live for which is 24 hours unless they highlight it and, and agree to highlight it on their story or, or on their feed which would usually cost more um 
I hope that answers the question. I wasn't oh, sure. Great. Yeah. <laughs> you answered all of it. Like if it <laughs> different <laughs> angles, I like it. Hey, Christy, like, did you, have you found like a different formats or different channels being more effective for a certain mm -hmm. type? So if I wanted to do installs, is it, I'm sure it's app dependent, yeah. but like, is YouTube better? Is Facebook better? Is Instagram yeah. better? That's a really good question. So it used to be that IG story was amazing at it. And before that, when Snapchat was hot, Snapchat was so great at uh, driving installs. Um, it was that swipe up feature, right? It's so easy mm -hmm. to just swipe up and you're right in the app store and you can download. Um, but nowadays we're actually seeing really, really, really good conversions on YouTube. And I think it's because, um, well, it's a number of things. Like we're not really looking at just installs, right? We're looking at capturing those users that will continue to come back to the app and actively use the app and hopefully pay for your subscription fees. So um, a platform like YouTube really gives the influencer a chance to demo the app and show, like get people to the aha moment quicker. Um, where people just get, oh my God, I know exactly how I'm gonna use this app. And so I think that tends to be kind of the advantage that we have with YouTube. Whereas on IG stories, it's very limited. There's so much content now on IG story. People are literally just tapping through and skipping, um, especially if it's an ad, they see that it's like a, a paid sponsored campaign. They're just gonna tap through and skip. It also doesn't give you a ton of room to like go into in-depth demos before it gets quickly boring. And so I think all of those things kind of contribute to why YouTube is coming out ahead. Yeah, I've seen content. One guy, like I didn't even know it was an ad. He's like, I went vegan for 30 days. Here's what happened. And then yeah. in the middle of it was like quick ad about like yeah. this plant-based thing. Uh -huh. Are you seeing those being the more effective way of doing this like product integration type of thing? Yeah, this was a YouTube ad. YouTube. This was this was just a YouTube video. He was like, I went vegan for 30 days. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. I've been mm -hmm. vegan for about a year, a little bit over a year. And I'm like, that sounds yeah. interesting. Let me watch this. And then I didn't even know it was an ad. Like there, there was a little product integration right in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. That's so we call those integrations, like YouTube integrations. And that's the most common way brands work with YouTube influencers. And so you'll either get like at least a minimum one minute or two minutes, sometimes two to three minute mention demo of the, the app or the brand product and um, it usually happens in the middle of the video we like to we we used to like to get influencers to talk about it within the first um five minutes or ten minutes of their video so that because you know there's like viewership drop off right um the the longer the video goes on but nowadays the more recent practices are maybe we just leave it up to the influencer entirely like as long as it's not at the very end we just want you to integrate it somewhere in the middle of your video wherever you see fit wherever you see an opportunity to really naturally then um segue into talking about the brand we want that to happen and um we are not as concerned about the viewership drop off anymore um, at that point, because the people that are gonna be buying or engaging with the ad are the ones that are already paying attention to the content anyways. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of the new trend in terms of like where the integration gets placed within the video. And it, I mean, as a, as a viewer, I was just more like, this is more interesting to watch than just your typical ad too. Yeah, yeah, for Way more sure. Yeah. That would have been, a, and that would have been such an amazing integration if you have like a vegan recipe app or something. Like right. a video, getting integrated into a video like that um, would be amazing. So that's the other thing you have to think about when you guys are looking to hire influencers for an integration is that 
you can't dictate what happens in the rest of the video, but you do want to at least have some say on, well, what type of video are you planning on making and make sure that your app isn't going to be just so like, this is random. Um, so yeah, most influencers would want it to be that way anyways, but yeah, it's definitely something you want to kind of ask about. And it's so true. It's like, if you think about the headlines, cause you know, as a YouTuber myself, like I'm figuring out different headlines actually mm -hmm. perform better in terms of views and mm -hmm. having that headline versus like this food delivery plant-based thing right. is awesome. That's not going to drive views. Whether you say, you know, going the vegan for 30 days, that's a very popular thing. Doing something for 30 days. Here's what happened is a very popular thing that's happening on YouTube. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's like a trend on YouTube. Yeah. Um, there's like, I tried this for 30 days, I had some popular TikTok workouts for 30 days. Here's what happened. That kind of stuff is so trendy. And so, um, we like to kind of pay attention to those trends and see, Oh, like our brand, um, our one of our clients, like that would be such a good trend to integrate into. So then we look for influencers that are currently doing those trends and then we hit them up and see if we can get a campaign going. Christy, I tried to do this video too. And it's like, mm -hmm. I tried juicing for 30 days. Oh my God. It's so yeah. hard to create this video. I have all these clips of me like trying to juice and I'm yeah. like, for, I'm never going to do anything with this content. <laughs> really? Wait, yeah. did you actually complete the juicing? I did. I did do it for 30 days, but then I was like, I can't, there's no, I don't even know what angle to use. Like it's probably right. better to plan it out, but I was like, I want to try this because it is a trend. So I was like, Oh, let yeah. me try doing it. But it is so hard filming these things. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And honestly, like with those kinds of trends, people don't even care about the result. They just want to see what happens. Right. Now, of course, like the thumbnail plays a huge role. If you can put like a before and after that's like so drastically different, like your video will perform really, really well. Um, but that's interesting. I like it. Yeah. I think people just want to see like, honestly, what happened. Like we just want to know, like truly. <laughs> All right. What other trends on YouTube are you saying? Um, right now, let's see. And like, I see a lot of thrifting videos. Thrifting is becoming really popular <laughs> on YouTube, like going to the thrift store to shops, like a thrift store haul, like a lot of the, you know, sustainable shopping, um, that's becoming quite trendy. Um, like Walmart grocery hauls, like grocery hauls are huge. I don't know why people love watching other people like go through like this is what I and then I bought this cheese and then I bought this almond milk. This is my favorite almond milk. You know, like, people <laughs> love that. Um, lots of oh like God. I tried um, the viral TikTok challenge. That's really popular. And mm. there's so many different types of viral TikTok challenges from workouts to um, mixing certain ingredients together to like experimenting sciencey stuff at home. All of those things are really popular. What else? There's a ton. There's so many. Um, but yeah, those are a few like that come to my mind right now. Awesome. Okay, cool. What's up, Rudy? I talked to you a couple of days. So good to see you. He's out in Eastern Europe. I forget exactly which country. Oh. I asked Noah. Noah, do you have anything in terms of trends? <laughs> he knows a lot of trends on YouTube. Yeah. Let's see if he comes on and says anything. That's All right. Well, let's see if he does come on, but Romain asked, do you usually observe ASO impact following a campaign? Oh, I can take this and then maybe you can talk this about this too, Christy. So what we have seen is pretty decent impact. What I try to do with any keyword update is follow it up with immediately after the keyword update, follow up with the campaign that will drive downloads. So one of my favorite campaigns, I've rebranded from a pay to free campaign to a free promotional campaign. And that drives thousands of downloads without really spending a lot of money on marketing. But essentially, 
what Apple's algorithm, and I think even Google's will do is take into account volume, download volume within the past X days. I don't, I think it's about roughly seven days, but that will help your keywords. So I always try to give these new keywords a little boost after running type this campaign. So I don't know if you have any insights from your clients, Christy, where they said, we just ran this influencer marketing campaign and here's what happened to our organic growth. Yeah. The only examples that come to mind, which I don't know if it's, if it's quite relevant in 2020, but I remember back in 2017 when we were working with a music trivia app, um, that was our entire strategy. We would line up a ton of influencer campaigns over like one weekend or like they would all go live on one day um, together and they would we what we did was we intentionally instead of using a swipe up link that took them directly to the app store we just would drop the name of the app and so if anyone wanted to play this game they would have to go into the app store and search the name of the app so what happened was it was so effective that every time we ran these campaigns um the name of the app would trend on the app store so mm -hmm. it would show up as like one of the top five like key trending searches i don't know if app store still does that but yeah. um yeah, so that would happen. And then that would drive so many organic installs. Like it was literally <clears throat> their main strategy for like a year and a half. It was really, really good for them. Um, and, and that was all driven through influencer marketing. Yeah, we've seen that happen too. Yeah. The, like a couple of years ago when we ran influencer marketing, we would start trending and that would even lead to more organic growth. And so there's yeah. just this like great domino effect that would happen. Yeah, I don't know. If, do you know if it's still... Um, where the algorithm gives weight to people actively searching, like typing and searching. I think it does because I still see it. It was very prominent before so that mm -hmm. if you would show up, I'm trying to quit my quick time going, but if you would yeah. show up, you'd get so much more, but they've kind of hidden this feature yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, so it's I not as prominent. Like, yeah, people started gaming it. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. I mean, Apple, let's just, let's just have some fun with these gaming things when we're trying to game it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will try to show you guys where this shows up. Yeah. All right. My dog is barking in the background. <laughs> My dog is surprisingly quiet right now, so this is good. <laughs> All right. So here you go. Let me get this going. All right. So here is where we see this. This is this little discover. So I'm in the search, and I think this is where it used to always be this little discover food delivery, basketball games, all that stuff. And so your keyword, your app name would start showing up and you get way more organic downloads that way. But again, it used to be way more prominent. Now they have all the suggested stuff. So it, it does help though. Net, net, I think it does help. All right, let's get into one more question and then we'll do another app audit. So Masood asks, if I just want to run ads for iOS, is there a way you can filter out influencers who may not have followers? using iOS platform? So I guess. Oh, well, I think that's always, um, it, it'll never be perfect. Like, I don't think there's a way you can find an influencer whose entire audience uses um, iOS. Most of the time, we will see that most of their audience uh, members use iOS unless um, we're working with some foreign influencers where in those markets, way more users um, are a fan of the Android uh, phones. So yeah, there is no way that you can really filter out and get granular with an influencer's audience. If what you're after is like isolating just an iOS audience versus an Android audience. Yeah. And I think I found that iOS seems to be the more popular platform as well. All right. Yeah. Noah, if you got it bounced, you can bounce my friend. I will see you later. <laughs>
Bye, Noah. <laughs> Next week, we'll get him on video. All right. I got to pay him too, Christy. I got to say, I got to pay you the, whatever the minimum wage is, I'll pay you. <laughs> All right. Well, a friend of mine, Mike, sent this game out and he's like, ASO for this. So, Mike, I think this, I think you've done a pretty good job in terms of optimizing your app title, your screenshots. I know what you're doing here skills, billboards. Skills is a keyword that he's probably targeting. Win cash prizes in live games. Pretty decent. I don't know if live games actually has a lot of keyword volume, but that's something that's great. I love the screenshots here. So win cash prizes, I guess it's built within, or you're using the te skills technology. So skills, I think, I don't know, Christy, how you feel about this from a design mm -hmm. perspective, but I think having some words up here too, seems mm -hmm. like an opportunity, a missed opportunity, maybe like, you know, show off your pool skills right up top. I like the money. Maybe you could put it right here. You kind of mm -hmm. already have the money here, but you, I would probably move, the first three are gonna be the most important because they show up in their search results, but I wanna probably put show off cool skills and then play with real people so that those words are within my first three screenshots. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on like video previews? Cause I'm seeing that a lot. Yeah. Let's see if these guys are using it. I, so like it's hit or miss because mm -hmm. some people have said, yes, video mm -hmm. previews work. And some people have spent some money and had not seen anything come back in terms of an mm -hmm. ROI. So I think for games, it's, Kind of cool to have, yeah. but for like non-games, I don't think it says important, and they're not right. using video ads here in their app store. But yeah, like I like I like all this stuff, and I like anytime that people like, especially when it comes into like win real cash prizes. I like it when you show people winning. You know what I mean? You yeah. know that sweepstakes stuff. Yeah, or even just literally dollar signs coming out of like, like you know, it's like the whole casino effect, right? Like right. the stocking effect where it just sounds and looks like it's just shelling out money all the time. Yep. Um, yeah, I was just asking about the video preview just because a lot of our gaming app clients say that even on the paid ad channel front, like video demos are always the ones that draw people in um, mm -hmm. if they game. And so, so you know, a good thing to yeah. potentially. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that. And then the Spanish Mexico trick, I've, I kind of said this in the previous videos too, but it's one of the ways that you can double up the keywords that you're targeting in the US because it's actually indexed by the Spanish Mexico localization. So if you really wanted it to get super aggressive, like there's Spanish here, obviously, but like put in, you don't need skills, you already have it in the US. You don't need eight ball pool, you already have it in the US. But if there's other games like pool table, I don't know. Mm, trying to think of what other keywords you might want to go billiards. after. <laughs> so, yeah, that's a great one. Okay, thank you. Yeah, billiards. So like that, remix it up the keywords. If you already have it in the US, you don't need to repeat them in the Spanish Mexico title and subtitle. If you want to go after the US, you don't, don't put Spanish, just put English in there and you can double the keywords in there and they'll help you with the US keyword ranking. Okay, cool. Anything else? All right. I think we're good. I think overall it looks really, really cool. The one thing that I have this video coming up that says ASO mistakes, beginner mistakes. One thing I would say is ask for the reviews as I'm actually, let me go back to this. As I'm looking at the reviews, you know, it's 4.6, you're close to a thousand, which is awesome. 4.6 is pretty high. And I guess when I look at Mint Studio 2, 4, 8, and then this one, you guys are 103. One way to really get a lot more reviews is to ask for it. Ask for it sooner because only about 30% will come back to your app 
day one retention rate. That's just apps flyers, you know, across all different app categories. So different categories relate, but you want to really focus on retention. But I always say, ask for the review sooner than you feel comfortable because not in the first open, but like when somebody does something cool in your app, like maybe they've finished the game or want some money, ask for it because they may never come back and play another game. So ask for that review, use that iOS integrated review thing where they don't have to go to the app store. They can just leave a review within your app. Okay. Let me get to some of the questions. We only have three minutes. I'm super excited about our interview. I think I want to dive deep sooner too. I mean, a lot of the questions I wanted to ask you, we've sort of talked about here too. All right. Hi everyone. Soon I will complete testing new Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, Skype-like application. What is the best way to market it? Oh, wow. Looks like it's a messaging platform. So he's got a new messaging app and he wants to figure out a way to Huh. I've got an idea. I think influencer marketing is actually a good bet for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's hard to kind of suggest ideas without knowing um, the specifics of the value proposition of this app that would differentiate itself from the other existing messaging apps. Um, but if it is a feature or a discovery feature that helps you connect with certain types of people, whatever it ends up being, I think influencer marketing is definitely um, a, a possible space that this app could explore. It's, I mean, I already see tons of social apps on TikTok working with a bunch of TikTok creators um, and they'll hire like a whole friend group and show them actually using the app to message each other, or connect with their friend, connect mm -hmm. with their fans and engage with them that way. And so it's kind of great twofold. One, you're actually showing the demo of the app and exactly how it works. You see um, the user interface and people see like, oh, like that kind of seems cool. But then two, um, influencers followers will think, oh my God, I'll get an opportunity to interact with this influencer. Oh my God, maybe I could like connect with them and actually become their friend on this app or be kind of like in a direct line of communication with them. And so that promise tends to drive a ton of people to the app. And, you know, the more users you have on the app, the better it is in terms of um, retention and um, actually providing value for the people that are on the app as well. Because then now you have like people to engage with on the app or use the app to connect with other people. Is it hard to get an influencer to come onto our platform, use it, you know, try it out? Is it is it hard yeah. to get them to be like, hey, you know, maybe try to interact with your friends? Like part of the promotion I've always thought of was yeah. like, Chrissy, please use my new platform. And Zaid mm -hmm. said it's a social platform. Please use yeah. it. Try to engage with it for the first week mm -hmm. or so. Tell your yeah. friends that you're on it. It's a great way to integrate. Is that hard to get them to do? Yeah, it is hard because you're asking for um, you're asking a lot. <laughs> yes. That would that would require um, them to not like they'll have to download the app. They'll have to engage with it and engage with it on a regular basis and actually use the app. Most of the influencers, especially the sizable ones, they just want it to be a one and done campaign. And so it's it is our job as the brand, as the agency, to get smart about okay, if it's going to be a one and done campaign where we where they do it in one sitting, what's the best way we can set up the context so that it comes off as interactive and engaged as possible, or like as much as like they are actually using this app. So sometimes what I've seen some of our clients do is they'll create like a mock video that they can literally just pay, play on their camera roll and it looks just like the app. It looks like there's a bunch of people engaging. There's like a live chat going and they, they just like use that as like, oh my God, like this is what I'm doing right now. Like come add me or message me. Um, I've seen them hack it that way. Oh, so. Like that. 
Yeah, so it is, um, it's totally smart, and I don't think it's uh, entirely unethical either because it's it looks just like the app, it looks, it functions like the app, um, and you're also saving a ton of time for a busy influencer. Now, this may not be an issue if you're working with a really small influencer that's very hungry to take on this brand integration. It's like, wow, you're paying me, you know, $200 to do this. Like, yeah, I'm gonna get my friends to be on it, and like, we're gonna actually do a live stream or a message chat or share memes, whatever it is. Um, and so they're they're a bit more receptive to that, but everything is to a point because I mean you have to think about even logistically organizing that, like actually getting them to use the app. Like, can you use it throughout this whole week? Can you try and do this on the app and this on the app? Like, it's a lot to manage, and um, the more there is to manage, the more room for error, um, and the more room for error, then you'll have to rectify those errors. And so, all of those things add friction to a campaign. I wouldn't recommend it. Okay. If you guys got any final questions, we're about due in terms of time. And so put it into the comments below. Raphael does ask, I'm an independent app developer. How do I find an influencer market my app? Raphael, just rewind. We talked about <laughs> the very, very, very beginning. So just rewind. You'll be fine. All right. So if you guys got any questions, please leave in the comments. You got about four minutes. Christy first influence is the website. Go check them out. Look, yeah. you tell me if I'm speaking out of in but it's performance-based. So rather than just being like, hey, run a campaign, they're gonna measure the impressions you get, the installs, the really wanna. So what is the what is it that you guys are are there guarantees? Or are you guys saying like, hey, we're gonna drive this many impressions, this many X, Y, and Zs? With any new client, it's really hard to do guarantees. Um, if you do want a really, really safe, cost-effective route to test influencer marketing, I would highly suggest going the affiliate partnership route. So that's mm -hmm with a ton of small creators that will um, work with you based on the actual uh, performance results. So they'll get paid based on the number of installs they drive. And they only get paid if they deliver um, some type of metrics for you. And so um, it's not really as scalable as like just working straight with mid to large tier influencers and, and paying for an integrated mention on their YouTube channel, for example. But that's a good way to start. And um, yeah, performance-based for us it basically means that we've just we've worked with so many clients for over a long period of time doing influencer campaigns that were really designed to deliver those installs, subscription signups, registration signups, um, actual results and sales. And so all of that data, we've been we've just kept track of all that data, and we continue to use it to inform new campaigns that we create for it additional clients. And so we thought performance-based marketing was like the best way to kind of encapsulate what our focus is. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't know if it's landing. Maybe no, it, I is. it is. Yeah. yeah. I like it. And I think it makes you sort of different than any other influencer marketing platform or agency out there because it's like, yes. And I kind of think of the same way. I'm like, we're results driven, you know, we, we know what works in the, in the space. And so for, for the most part, we're going to drive results for you. We're not just going to run a campaign and, and hope for right. the best. Like we're not going into, uh, and shooting, we're not shooting in the dark. Like we yeah. know when we are hiring these influencers, we, we know to a certain degree, a pretty good level, like how this is going to perform. Awesome. Well, the website is firstinfluence.co. Let's see. They've got nothing else in terms of questions. So go check it out. Christy, do you want to send the audience anywhere else to get in touch with you? Uh, well, if you guys wanted to ever DM me on my socials, um, you guys can just find my Instagram. It's at Christy Ani, which is C-H-R-I-S-T-Y-A-H-N-I. Um, 
yeah, that's a good way to DM me. Um, otherwise, you guys can email me, Christy at firstinfluence.co. Um, yeah, that's it. Well, she's got a lot of knowledge. She was an influencer in the <laughs> space and she's kind of figured out all that stuff and then now has her own agency as well. Yeah, Congratulations, I was, Christy. Like, yeah, I was thank you so much for having me. Um yeah, I, I wasn't an influencer. I was I, I've been acting okay. and I've also done like in-house content creation for a brand. So I, I was making a lot of social content pieces for um a brand client. So that's my background, but thank you. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna get all that into the podcast as well, but I wanted to use this platform to sort of answer any of the questions that they might have, the audience might have, and then go into more of your background, how you started. I apologize awesome. for that. Thank you so much for coming on, Christy. Thank you. Thank you guys for joining. Zaid, thank you for all the questions. I will check out your website, Christy. Email back. All right, well, you put his email <laughs> as well. D, thank you. Congrats. Thanks, Steve, for another great episode. Thank you for joining. Raphael, been listening to your App Masters podcast for years, taking a great. Now he's back. Welcome back, Raphael. All right. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Demetrios, I'll see you next week. Next week, we got another great guest for you Friday, 9 a.m. Christy, thank you so much. Thank you. We'll see you guys. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.